Hello and welcome to the Stoke City Years, a podcast series that reviews the history of Stoke City season by season. In this series, myself and Tony Lloyd will be reviewing every individual league season in the history of Stoke City Football Club from 1888 to whenever the present day is when we finish this project. Celebrating the good days, remembering the bad days and hopefully providing an educational, who knows, maybe even entertaining look back on Stoke's history. Hopefully this series will be a nice companion to A Potted History, a documentary series from the Wizards of Drivel launching this August. Now, uh, unless I'm very much mistaken, Tony, uh, at the end of the last episode, Stoke City had uh, broken out of the Football Alliance, uh, bounced back to the Football League after just one season. So uh, we, we we pick up with the 1891-92 season with Stoke City, a football league club again. That's correct. Um, what else was happening around the world in 1891? Oh, I'm so glad you asked, <laughs> Tony. I'm so glad you asked because it means I can launch into the Chemical Brothers again. <laughs> so what was happening around the world in 1891? New Scotland Yard becomes HQ of the Metropolitan Police. Future Chief Justice of the Supreme Court Earl Warren is born in Los Angeles. And escalators are patented. But also going up was Stoke City, re-elected to the Football League after just a year in the Football Alliance. So, um, after being too good for the Football Alliance, but perhaps too bad for uh, the Football League in the first two seasons at least... Um, Stoke are now back there and well the good news is we didn't finish bottom we didn't, no Um, nearly very nearly very nearly but we didn't finish bottom Um, 13th out of 14 above Darwin your friends I think yeah Um, so almost a successful season I think before before we go into the season in depth, the the start of the 1891-92 season is when there was a, a fairly big shift in the rules. A meeting of the FA decided on some new rules, and two in particular are worthy of mention. I think linesmen have been invented. That nearly, is is in fact they almost did away with VAR because the linesmen replaced umpires, which was. Hang on, I've got this from the Derbyshire Times. Uh, Two more weeks and football will be in full swing. In several respects, important experiments are to be tried. For instance, the office of umpire has been abolished and the referee will no longer be harassed with the arguments of a 12th man on each side, (laughs) though he will have the 22 players all talking at once. If a linesman, not umpire mind you, forgets his new position and interferes, the referee has power to report him. So basically, up to this point, each team had an umpire who told the referee what he should be doing um, and argued each decision, presumably. Um, and they were binned off in favour of linesmen who ran up and down and made mm. incorrect calls. Yeah. Um, so I can't imagine uh, a, an umpire being like harassed by a man either side of him, like some kind of like a manager, perhaps. I think... <laughs> I think that's um, perhaps not worked out as fully as as they wanted it to. But nonetheless, uh, I think overall a, a good rule, a sort of uh, organic VAR, if you will, a human VAR, <laughs> if you can imagine <laughs> such a thing. Uh, so, so yeah, a pretty 
uh, important rule that one one that's still with us. In fact, we've even added extra officials uh, in recent years. But uh, mm. li- linesmen stood the test of time, so we're well done uh, to the lawmakers there. Uh, any any other big uh, rule changes that we are uh, aware of? There is. Um, as we touched on in the last episode, thanks to Stoke being cruelly denied against Notts County, Rule 13 has been added to the laws of the game, and the penalty has now been invented. Um, in several papers at the time, there's a really nice diagram, which we should probably tweet out, along with the following quite long but fun explanation. Uh, the new football rule, Rule 13, foul play near goal. The rule in the laws of the game of football which was adopted unanimously at the international conference held in Glasgow in June last is likely to exercise a very potent influence on the conduct of the game this season. In order to make its provisions clear to our numerous football readers, we present with them this illustration, which we'll have to tweet out. Is this from the Sun? Uh, this is from the Scottish Herald, I think, ah. or something like that. But yeah, there's quite a lot of it about. Um, it's uh, the same articles basically everywhere. So it was obviously released um, mm. by PA Newswire or some other online organisation. Um, rule 13 reads that if any player shall intentionally trip or hold an opposing player or deliberately handle the ball within 12 yards from his own goal line, the referee shall, on appeal, so think cricket, award the opposing side a penalty kick to be taken from any point 12 yards from the goal line under the following conditions. All players, with the exception of a goalkeeper, uh, sorry, with the exception of a player taking the penalty kick and opposing goalkeeper, who shall not advance more than six yards from the goal line, shall stand at least six yards behind the ball. The ball should be in play from when the kick is taken, and a goal may be scored from the penalty kick. A represents the goal. Looking at your diagram. B represents the goalkeeper, who is in this diagram six yards out, so he's <laughs> half the distance. Good call. Um, <laughs> he's off his line. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's barely got a line. Um, uh, who, on the penalty kick being taken, his side can ad- not advance more than six yards beyond the goal line. It's quite complicated. Yeah, yeah. But I was, basically, uh, it's yeah, it's a penalty as we know it. Yeah, I was going to say, do you think when this law came out, there were people say, I just, I just don't understand it. So he's got to be outside the box, but he's allowed in, and oh, I'm just so confused. Like, like when. Uh, you know, you get a offside call in games now. No one really understands what the offside rule is. Yeah, people. Well, there like, wasn't a box, so that adds complication. Oh because God! It's just an issue. There isn't a halfway line yet. People have to guess where twelve yards was. Yeah, well, the ref and well, his linesman presumably just stand <laughs> on twelve yards. As it, there might have mm. been a flag, actually, there's probably a flag. Um, they would be on flags then. Mm. But yeah, so there's a twelve-yard implied area. Mm. Um, and there isn't a spot, but you can take it anywhere from 12 yards. So yeah. you can take it like right on the touchline, but yeah. obviously that would be foolish. And uh, yeah, the goalkeeper can come out Do you halfway. Know when so on the pitch markings came into it then, because it's like, uh, like were they looking at specific blades of grass? Saying right, anything outside that blade of grass there that I'm keeping my eye on. That's I think they must have had flags along the touchline at certain mm. intervals, a bit like your American football field, but without stripes. Um, the halfway line did come in in the next few years because I know I've seen it somewhere, but I couldn't tell you exactly when. Um, there's also like the goalkeeper can come up to halfway and still use his hands. Okay, fantastic. But there isn't a halfway line, so I don't know if you could like 
the goal. Mm. He can only take two steps with the ball, I think. Yes. But he can. There's no back pass rule yet, so presumably him and his defenders can just like pass it between themselves, and he can keep picking it up all the way up to halfway, and then he smashes it long for maximum position of maximum opportunity excitement. Imagine Tony Pulis's face if he was hearing that. <laughs> he wouldn't allow the keeper to come out to halfway. That's just the only no, issue with that. Uh, and but yeah, presumably- penalty, penalty kicks uh, very much still uh, around with us and very much biting us on the arse at the moment. So uh, fantastic <laughs> uh, introduction there. Um, returning to kind of Stoke matters then, uh, what's uh, peculiar about this season uh Tony, from the kind of uh, aesthetic sartorial point of view, it's all wrong. For Rosas, yes, um, it may interest many to know the various colours which have been registered by the English league teams. Here they are: Accrington red, good. Aston Villa claret and light blue, good Fair enough. Bolton Wanderers red and white quartered jerseys and black knickers. Oh, that's weird. Red and white for mm. Bolton. Mm. Hmm. Hey, wait, Black- hang on. <laughs> I thought Sunderland were red and white. Uh, this is quarters, not stripes. That, so that, that's fine. That's still a kick clash for me. Where's the away shirts? Well, for those of you watching in black and white... Um, oh, wait. Wait, they didn't no. have film. No. <laughs> um, Blackburn Rovers, light blue and white. Fair enough. Darwin, salmon jerseys and white knickers. Okay. I like the use of the word knickers. A team playing in salmon is uh, a bit of a novelty. I can't think of any English clubs doing that. Maybe it's like I associate like shirt. sort of pink it, pinkish with like Italian away shirts, maybe. Yeah, but, yeah. Or Scotland away at the minute. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, Derby County cardinal and white shirts in halves. Cardinals, red ca- Okay, is it? I would say. Yeah, I, I think wrong. the. Oh no, that's Leeds where the white shirts were, Revy. Uh, yeah, so we know that. Yeah, cardinal and white shirts in halves, so again, and black knickers. Everton, ruby shirts. Oh. Blue trimmings and dark blue knickers. Notts County, black and white stripes, well done. Preston North End, white shirts, blue knickers. Okay. Stoke, amber and black shirts and blue knickers. Amber and black. With a nice blue finish on the shorts. How, yeah, black and amber, which is famous rugby colours at this time, but I can't remember who before, but there's a lot of mention of it. Hmm. Um, Sunderland. We're already blue. getting called a rugby team. Yeah. <laughs> Red and white shirts. West Bromwich Albion, blue and white stripes. Wolverhampton Wanderers, old gold and black. Quartered and black shorts. Mm. So, yeah, weird. Lots of weird colours. Yeah. So, obviously, uh, if you've not been uh, up to date, the reason we're in amber and black is because when we were when we failed to gain re-election to the Football League, uh, Sunderland essentially took the red and white stripes and uh, a week it's been way far off in the distance. Uh, Stoke couldn't have red and white stripes back when we got re-elected to the Football League. So, amber and black it is. Um, I'd, I'd be interested in, like, a, you know... X anniversary amber and black Stoke strip. I'd be, yeah, hmm. I'd be. Well, I'd buy anything Stoke, so I'm a bit of a sucker <laughs> yeah. for that stuff anyway. But yeah, uh, a bit of an unusual situation there in terms of the kit. Um, so, how did we do in terms of the actual football then? 
pretty awfully we finished 13th out of 14 teams uh, we were also dogged by kind of off the pitch problems weren't we we were indeed um where to start a, f a familiar stoke story um december 1891 from the staff's advertiser a meeting discussing finances the Stoke Football Club. On Monday evening, a meeting of the season ticket holders was held at the Town Hall to consider the final financial position of the club. Mr A. Fielding presided, and there was a large attendance. The chairman explained at some length the causes which had made it necessary to call the meeting. He stated that when they raised a guarantee fund of £500 some time ago, it was thought it would enable them to get together a good team. That was probably where they made their mistake. <laughs> As it caused them to overrun their income, they en endeavoured to do with 50 and £60 gates what other clubs were doing with a £200 gate. The committee decided that they ought to get first-class players, and the team that had been got together had not disgraced itself. Well, it had. It had been shit, hadn't it? Um, although last season resulted in a loss, they determined to go ahead in the hope they would be able to recoup their losses. As to the future, he did not think anyone present would like to see a club of 21 years standing go to the wall, nor did he think they would like to play second fiddle. For one thing, he thought there should be no more running after Scotchmen. He was proud to think he was proud to think they had some men who were true to the club, but they had had others who were not worthy the name of men. Fucking hell! <laughs> so wow, think, brutal. Yeah. This theme crops up a bit later. I found a letter into the staff's advertiser from somebody complaining. Stoke have been represented this week in Scotland. Thereafter, forwards. When will they recognise the junior talent that simply swarms throughout the district? So, so we've got no money. Much we're losing. We're we're buying crap players. We're not buying good players. <laughs> we're buying too many Scottish players, and we're not promoting uh, local talent. Uh, yeah, I can't. I can't. Mm. It seems so far away from the Stoke we no know now. No parallels at all. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. absolutely. But yeah, <laughs> very irate fan base. Um, I, I love. I love the idea of a meeting in the town hall. Um, all the finances are there. It's <laughs> it like happens a lot. Yeah, it's like a more brutal kind of meet the manager event, isn't it? Yeah, although I imagine. Everyone just did as they were told, and there was a lot of stuffy administrators just saying, "Well, well, you do it then." <laughs> like, if you could do better. In fact, I think that crops up in a few years' time as well. Um, but yeah, things are bleak financially. I, I notice we're we're getting what was it fifty or sixty pound a gate gates, and other clubs are doing two hundred pounds. I notice when when you look at the attendance figures, ours is sort of. Five and six thousand, three thousand, mm. two thousand here and there, and whenever we play away at Everton or something, it's like fifteen thousand. Yeah. So I guess that is where the money's coming from. TV hasn't been invented yet. Sky are not quite there with the financial backing. Even ITV Digital haven't started yet. So <laughs> we're we're scraping around. I think there's 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 quite a lot of little benefit matches and bazaars and like theatre evenings to raise money for the club and that kind of thing dotted about which all all the players always seem to attend and bill rowley's always there to introduce the players for the night of the players as in the theater players rather than the players in the team so yeah we're, we're jiggered amazing um so yeah as i mentioned uh, on the <coughs> as i mentioned on the pitch stoke city uh, absolutely terrible we won uh 
five games this season, which was just enough for us to pip uh, Darwin uh, to 13th place out of 14. Um, uh, notable results were losing 9-3 away at Darwin early in the season. Uh, 9-3. But, <laughs> apart, apart from that, we don't really get on the end of too many hidings this season. It's a kind of weird eccentricity of the, the season we've looked at so far. There's been like one, maybe two complete shellackings in a season. But apart from that, nothing really uh, majorly damaging. We did lose 5-3 at Blackburn and 4-1 at Sunderland. Uh, but we did beat Darwin 5-1 in the home fixture. Uh, and we beat Accrington, uh, Burnley and Derby also this season. But uh, we kind of saved ourselves after losing one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine on the trot. Uh, we saved ourselves with a handy, reliable couple of games against West Brom, both of which were the final two games of the season. So we played away on the 11th of April, drew 2-2 in front of West Brom's 10,000 crowd. And then we beat them on the final day of the season to kind of overtake uh, Darwin and not finish bottom of the Football League for the first time in our history. Hooray! That's pretty exciting. And uh, we did uh, get re-election. Um, we, we did. By one um, vote. Hooray! Uh, it's quite a, a complex end-of-season FA meeting this year because the... Football in May, the Football Alliance, our sole um, trophy, I think, at this point, excluding the Staffordshire Senior Cup, um, has folded. So the Football League absorbed 11 of the 12 clubs from the Alliance and created a second division. So the second division has been invented. And then the original Football League is renamed the first division from the 92-93 season. Uh, I have another... Lovely piece from the Athletic News. The football season at Stoke wound up disastrously for the League 11 as they were beaten by Port Vale by two goals to none. The match was the final for the North Staffordshire Charity Cup and gold medals were the reward for winning. It was a dirty game and both sides were to blame. (laughs) McGuinness was ordered from the field. I presume he will be reported. The result of a league meeting in Sunderland was anxiously awaited on Friday and when the news arrived that Stoke were in the first 16 and Port Vale in the second division, opinion was unanimous that North Staffordshire was honoured. <laughs> we were honoured. That's lovely. Yeah. Oh, pick me. Pick me. Pathetic. <laughs> yeah. Even though we're on the board and do some of the picking. But yes. That was more successful this time. Um, I, I think but, perhaps bribery was better. Well, we, we didn't, didn't have any on. money. Well, I mean, I think Bill, I think Bill Rowley might have uh, maybe twisted a few arms then, because yeah, yeah maybe we, we've certainly done something right. Um, but yes, we're back in it. Yeah. Looking forward to next season. We're back and ready for it all over again. Uh, just a brief uh, mention of the cup this season. Uh, we beat uh, Casuals uh, in the first round. Um, beat Burnley away in the second round. Uh, got a decent two-two draw against Sunderland. I mean, lest, lest we forget that. Uh, sorry, lest we forget that Sunderland uh, finished above us in the league this season. So most teams are better than us at this point. In fact, they won. They mm. won the league, champion Sunderland. There you go. Uh, but we did lose four 0 at Sunderland in the replay. Yeah, so yes, yeah, Sunderland won the league, didn't they? So uh, 
Preston Preston's dominance has been uh, has been shattered. Okay, uh, so I think that's it from the 1891-92 season. Uh, progress, progress for Stoke. So a, a brief uh, roundup of uh, where we are at this point. Uh, chairman, Mr. S. Barker again. The manager was Joseph Bradshaw. Initially, he was replaced by Arthur Reeves. Uh, played at Victoria Ground, finished 13th in the Football League, reached the third round of the FA Cup. Top goal scorer in all competitions was Joe Schofield at 12. Highest home attendance was 7,000 against Aston Villa. The lowest was 1,000 against Sunderland. Thank you very much, Tony. We'll move on to the next season. Marvellous. <laughs> <laughs>